We manage all of the HEDIS caps, HOSS, data mining, that information. And an MSO, it's a managed service organization. The old school, the old primary care fee-for-service model was a doc just sits with his head down, seeing one patient at the time, and patients pile up in the waiting room. When I was at Toyota, I was senior management at Toyota for a decade. We got pretty deep into work product, looking at things like assembly lines and how to be the most efficient. We had a term for what doctors tend to do. It was called an artisan model or an artist model and mm -hmm. think of an old blacksmith he's got his little blacksmith fire under a big old oak tree and he's got pieces of iron hanging everywhere he's got his bellows and his fire everything waits on him nothing's really organized there's no flow coming in coming out it is an incredibly inefficient operation and that's exactly what your typical fee-for-service primary care practitioner operations like now you add an mso in order to get good quality you need a team of approach. So you need people outside of the doctor's uh, office, outside of that sphere, collecting data to see who did we miss in terms of hemoglobin A1C this quarter? Who did we miss in terms of patient experience? How are we doing in terms of getting these patients into the office to see the doctor in the first place? What are the appropriate blood pressures? Did we even get blood pressures on these individuals? That's not something a doctor can do when he's standing like an old-fashioned blacksmith under a tree working on one item at a time. That needs a team, and the team is called a managed services organization, MSO. That's what Raj and I have been talking about in the videos that we're doing. That's uh, what NUCO or PrevMed MSO is all about. Now, one of the things, though, that we need to do to help the doctor, the doctor does need to change his or her practice just a little bit. And the way to do that is something we've mentioned a couple of times. It's helping doctors understand where the risk is in their population. So for example, I've mentioned it a couple of times in other videos. Two of the most common, very high risk items that are missed are diabetes and atrial fibrillation because doctors just don't think about them when they're just working away on patients one at a time. However, patients with diabetes are 30% more likely to die than patients that aren't. So it's very important. Same thing with atrial fib. Strokes are a big deal with atrial fib and the vast majority of atrial fib, just like the vast majority of diabetes, is not diagnosed. So Raj and I are gonna walk through what's called a, a risk assessment training manual. We're in the midst of updating this one, but we're gonna take about five minutes to walk through this and show you exactly what this means in terms of, of a physician and beginning to understand risk a little bit better as you see your patients. So Raj, what I'll do is I'll go through the PDF here. If you'll just respond to some of the things that you're seeing. Yeah, no problem. So we've got the manual and as we get into the intro of it, there's gonna be a table of contents for sure. And in the table of contents, one of the big pieces of it, we'll talk a bit about value-based healthcare delivery, talk about Medicare risk adjustment, uh, the guidelines. There are a lot of guidelines that you must follow, different programs that we have. And then of course, we'll talk about some of the most prevalent chronic diseases that we see in our senior population. After that, we've got different tools and resources. We've got case studies, coding guides, checklists, guidelines. And then one of the most important pieces towards the end is the screening tools. 
There's many nutritional assessments, PHQ-9s, and then of course, many mental state examinations. So these different screening tools should be done on every member at least once a year because there's very complex chronic disease that you can identify. And most of the time, the idea is to identify these diseases before they're causing symptoms. So this is a very high level overview, but these chronic diseases you'll start seeing. So here's different things that you'll see. We talk about chronic disease, and then we'll talk about these diseases, but we'll also give you, which is really neat, those ICD-10 codes. Most so Raj, Raj, pardon the interruption, but I'm going to go to diabetes since we talked about it a minute ago. And we'll just look at the diabetes chapter as an example. Mm -hmm. First, we'll go of atrial fib because we mentioned that as well. Yeah. So when we go through atrial fibrillation, you'll of course have what it is, the prevalence. So one of the big pieces, we, we went to the CDC and got prevalence for each of these diseases. Some symptoms, risk factors and complications, of course, we'll talk about those. And then we go into to different diagnostic tests and physical exam findings that you'll find. Of course, we know irregular rhythm, we know EKG findings, and then we have very nicely here all of the care and treatment protocols as well for you. So we've got all of these different protocols for you. And then the nice documentation guidelines. So making sure that all of our providers know what items need to be documented. And then we tell you what HCC it falls under. I told you about the hierarchical condition category. So HCC 96, and we'll give you some of the most common ICD-10. So this is the new language, right? They don't teach you this in medical school, but one of the things we give you is all of those different ICD-10s and then we give you sources. So each disease that we have has all of these items in it all the way through. Morbid obesity, you've got uh, hemiplegia, and then we've got here heart failure, and then this is diabetes. So diabetes is very lengthy as we know, because there's so many complications. Some of the key things to remember when it comes to diabetes is it is there. Most of our population, unfortunately, has at least uh, some version of this. So it's important to make sure we keep an eye on it, but more importantly, make sure we're diagnosing it and trying to help slow the progression of the disease as best as we can. So these are some of the guidelines and the guidelines get complicated. Most of the time when it comes to diabetes, though, E11 is probably the most common type 2 diabetes that you'll see. You will see some type 1 though, but most of them are type 2, especially in the senior population. And then here are the guidelines. So these guidelines will have a specific video for each one of these chronic diseases that we can go through. But these guidelines here will tell you all of the different guidelines. And these are some of the most common complications you see for diabetes. There you go. So that gives you an understanding of what the training manual is like. If you get started working with us in more of an active Medicare Advantage program, especially as you start getting into deeper into risk related programs, we suggest that you get a copy of our book. Just keep it there. You've got it whenever you need it. So this was a great intro to a little bit of what we do in MSOs, Raj. Anything else you want to add? No, no. I think it's good. Looking forward to working with everyone. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.